Adam Adam Poe? Yes. Yeah. Yeah? Yes, it it's on. <laughs> <laughs> so, hello everyone and welcome to this special episode of Två Fruntimmer. <laughs> yeah, uh, we're going to record it in English, as you might hear, and we have three guests. Yeah, super. With us. Yeah, super yeah it's, it's a super, super duper episode. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, are, are you going to like tell us about the night, or should we just introduce... Well, I would just introduce the guests. Okay, so your name is? Oh, okay, my, my, even my name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so my name is Teresa Sandin, and with me I have my partner in crime, Felicia Tomala. Yes. And with us today we have Elena Gabetz from Russia, who lives in Stockholm and performs comedy Hello. all over. Friend of the mic, huh? <laughs> <laughs> all over. And that's how we like it. <laughs> yes. And we also have two guests over from the United States of the America. <laughs> that's how we asked you to say it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're just saying United States of America. No, no, no. United <laughs> States America. of the America. Yeah. Uh, Maria Shahata, welcome. Thank and you. Liz Meal. Yeah. Yeah. Adam. Why the heck are you in Sweden? Um, we've been asking ourselves that. Yeah, <laughs> over and over. Especially after somebody gave me salty licorice. Like, yeah, mm, yeah. What am I doing here? <laughs> we, um, I mean, we've both been, I'm touring Europe for a month and a half, and uh, Maria's here for two months, and uh, we're just very fortunate that Sweden was part of the tour. Cool. And we're, yeah. We're, we're working with happy. another promoter who, who, um, who's sending us to Malmo and, uh, Malmo, and, uh. <laughs> Uh, Gothenburg, and so she has a friend here in Stockholm, so we decided to spend a couple days here. Okay, cool. Yeah. And also, I am shooting a documentary. Yes. Um, it's, uh, it's about female comedians around the world, because I was going around the world anyway, and I was like, <laughs> I should talk to you guys, find out, like, find out about yourselves, what are you doing, why'd you get into stand-up, how are you finding it, is, it, is dating hard, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because I'm finding that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> I'm finding that like some of the things are universal, and and some thank you. Some things are uh, are are unique to the city. So I just like getting everybody's story. Yeah, yeah. It's funny the dating part because we were on, me and Tres was on a train ride recently, and this he's not new. He's like he's been doing comedy for like two three years, and he, he asked us, uh, "Do you guys get laid more because you're comedians?" And we're like. Did you no, notice we're female like, yeah. <laughs> We were just laughing Way our asses less. off. Way less. <laughs> yeah. Men don't like women who talk. Yeah. <laughs> Especially not about, like, penises and stuff. That's not... Yeah, yeah, I've never really met a male groupie. Like, you know... I guess that's not they're true. There are some I, guys. I met they're them. very creepy. They're yeah, very they're, creepy. Not, they're, not the, they're not the groupies you want. Yeah. No. It's, it's, they seem to be... Um, a little more uh, stalkerish would be yep. yeah yeah, yeah. Right. not quite, and, and, not and quite you, settled in the head yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and usually more eyebrows yeah. than <laughs> I would like to actually draw a picture of what we're describing and I'd be yeah. like no that's the guy that was stalking me he really did have a lot of eyebrows well he stalked yeah. me as well yeah, yeah, yeah it's just one guy <laughs> international stalker <laughs> Phil <laughs> Phil's an asshole. I think he goes under another name here in Sweden. Does he have Phil's here? No, no. Well, Philip, but he's yeah. not a stalker. He's just a friend. <laughs> yeah. He's just a very friendly man. <laughs> he's listening like, I was just being supportive. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> touchy. Uh, yeah, so w- what have you found? Where have you been to begin with? 
Um, so far. So far on this trip, I, I've been in London. I've been based in the UK for a month. Mm. I've been in London and, like, um, I've been to little cities in London that I've never heard of and I don't remember. You know, <laughs> just like I've been, oh, God. Brighton. Brighton. Yeah, that oh, was a cute. lovely place. Um, just like, just places like uh, Brocknell and Swindon and stuff like that. And then I'm going to Liverpool and Birmingham and, um, and, and then this, we're doing this tour together. So we're doing Sweden and Denmark and then I'm going to Holland and Belgium. And she's been to like Luxembourg. Yeah, I've been to Luxembourg. I've been to the Netherlands. Um, I've been to uh, Belgium and then all over the UK and then, yeah, then Sweden and Denmark. It's been really fun to see what different audiences do, you know, like mm. that's they the, respond that's to. That's the. Uh, they, they what? What they respond to. Yeah, like what they respond to, how they are. And like, I think like the English are, are a little bit meaner than yeah. most yeah, audiences. Yeah, 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 yeah. They really like to, if you're bombing, they really like to let you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really like to, is this thing on? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they, they, will, they, will, they have a heckle that is particularly mean because they're not saying anything. And if you attack them, it's like, I wasn't even saying anything. But if you're bombing, they'll just laugh at you. They'll just be like, you know, it's just Aww. like this. Yeah, they're horrible, horrible people. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> Super horrible. That, that was a hard one. Um, I called one guy out in the front row. At, this is when this one was in Bracknell, and he, because uh, he was just like doing this, like because everything was being met with silence. Like it just that was like one of the worst shows I've ever done. And he was just shaking and like laughing. And I was like, dude, you know, I called him out for it, and his wife was sitting next to him, and she was like, he isn't even saying anything. And I was like, he doesn't have to. Like, yeah, if, I can if anybody, see him. Yeah, if anybody, it should this be isn't like, TV. You, you of all people, wife, should be like, it's not what you said; it's how you said it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that that was a show that a, a, a guy on the opposite end was like, pull out your tits. Which mm, wow, you know, you always say that jokingly, like, oh, female comedians always get asked to pull out their tits. I've never actually been asked, <laughs> but that that happened. So you did. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> yeah, no, you you got to do what the crowd wants. Yeah, yeah, no. yeah. yeah. You still got to get paid. Thing, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I found them to be very morbid. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, both, both on it, both on and off. Which I like. I'm, I, I definitely have a dark sense of humor, but like uh, both on and off stage, I found that they like the kind of fucked up details. That's kind of what I realized they they really are into. So like, I found myself when I was doing stuff that was a little lighter that they would like listen politely, but when I kind of went into like some darker details, they're like, "Tell us more." You know what I mean? <laughs> Which I, I mean, I respect it. I just, tell us, tell us. Yeah, I just, I don't think I knew that. And I don't think I understood that. And then as you kind of assimilate and we've been riding the trains and buses and flying and all that stuff, you start to see it. Like somebody mm-hmm. got hit by a train and my train was delayed going to a gig. And in New York City, they would have just said, you know, we're delayed due to a medical emergency. They would never tell you what it is. They must have said we were delayed due to hit being a person being hit by the train like 16 times. Wow. And I was like, <laughs> Did they specify how when yeah, the spots uh, were cut off? Exactly. <laughs> I, was, I was waiting for them to be like, we will move forward when the head rolls from track one to track two and <laughs> yeah. it's out of the way. Like, I was waiting for descriptions because it really was a very, and I'm not a very sensitive person, but I was like, this is a bit much. I was like, take it down a notch, UK. <laughs> what do you find that Stockholm audiences are like? Are they sensitive or do they like dirtier stuff or... It can be so different depending yeah. on where you're performing. Yeah. yeah. Like, if you perform in a rookie club, like Mafia or Big Ben, they can be very open-minded. But even the two places differ sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like, Mafia crowd, they're more open to 
men doing dick jokes or whatever. In Big Ben, they're a bit more picky with comedy, but also very supportive if someone is very new um, to it. Um, but it's different. Like, I, I found when I new, moved to New York that I, the more people have been to stand-up and know what stand-up is, the, the more... They're better audiences. Right, yeah. Because they pick up on subtle jokes and right. stuff. And if you go to a small town in Sweden, they have no idea. They don't even know. They think it's, like, awkward to laugh. Uh, and so you have to really warm them up and do like almost nice teach them jokes. how to be an audience. Yeah, exactly. And but here in Stockholm, people are more comedy. I don't know, more Savvy? used to it. Yeah, yeah. So, but Big Ben have like they're. More, I think they're more like gender aware. Am I weird to say that? No. That, like that they don't like rape jokes as much as. Mafia does. Well, and Mafia didn't go well either last week. When you doing a bunch of rape jokes? No, I, wasn't <laughs> <laughs> I didn't dare to try, but there was another comedian doing the rape joke, and it's actually that was the first time in Sweden I heard somebody being booed off the stage. Oh, wow. Wow. really? Yeah. yeah. I love this story. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, usually the Swedish audience is so polite, so if they don't like your jokes, they just start to be very quiet and looking at the floor so they don't meet your eyes. But uh, that was actually the first time they were vocal about that they didn't like it. It's very interesting, especially if you know the history of Sweden. It's like, we're, I mean, we're not going to go to war, but we're not going to, like, petition or anything. No. Like, it's, it's the same idea where it's just like, we don't like that, but we're just going to play on our iPhones until you die. <laughs> <laughs> we're just not going to look at you, but yeah. go on, go yeah, on. Yeah, it's yeah, fine. Yeah, no. You want to go to Norway? Okay, just pass by. <laughs> Take this train, it's faster. <laughs> I did notice last night after the show, everybody left. Which was like just didn't say anything and left, and I was a little like, oh, they hated me. And the ex- they, um, the, the the club owners explained to me that that's just how it is here. Like nobody really says because we got Twitter messages from people yeah, like great job, great job. That was awesome. That's weird because you guys ran out. Say hi, and she was like too shy. You know, um, yeah. Is that do you find that to be typically the case? Yeah, or? yeah. Because I I went to the cellar a lot and in the end of my stay in New York and the MC Artie he usually goes out afterwards and he mingles oh, and, yeah. and I'm like that would never happen in Sweden audience just don't open up to people like yeah. that. right or, or people don't open up to people at all no. <laughs> No, it's kind of rare that someone yeah. comes up to you after a show like, great job, I really enjoyed it. Oh, there crazy. is a, a big bend, the, uh, the table where the comedians hang out, are, and it's in the back just next to the stairs where people leave. So it's <laughs> yeah. like you're sitting there after a gig that you felt like, oh, this was a good gig, Probably someone is going to say something about it. Yeah. <laughs> and you sit there like, okay, anyone? No? Oh, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, no? you almost no? have to, like touch them (laughs) did you enjoy when I did how how was it (laughs) yes Yes. good night what did you think about me (laughs) my ego needs to be fed yes feed me feed me (laughs) but do you feel like people are more open like Swedish people are more open on social media then where there's a distance where they can kind of so that's like at least like you're like I have it's like almost a delay in appreciation Yeah. yeah sometimes yeah yeah definitely there's I wonder people. if that helps them open up as people, or if it's just a way to keep them hidden even longer. Alcohol mm-hmm. usually helps. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, a so, lot of alcohol. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, drunk people usually. I I was at Norabrun place here, and there were people who came up to me afterwards and wanted to give me some 
some pointers and yeah. <laughs> some, some like the, the worst heckler in the audience came up to me like I have some uh, some things for you and I'm like no you don't yeah you really really don't hecklers are just the worst egos yeah just like yeah. I know what's better for you I know what's funny but I'm not gonna actually go up and do it so. <laughs> yeah. yeah I just wanted to help out yeah. well, he tried to go up and do it during wow. Andrea Wikström's uh, yeah. performance yeah huge comedian in Sweden and he just went up during his thing do you find that male comics here have an ego and like they try to help you a lot and like yeah you know what you're doing yeah I have a joke about no? it no you don't find that no I mean if I ask them they tell me but they not telling me unless I ask them I don't know did you find the same or different? Different. different. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like Maybe I, just a friend yeah, of Russians. I have a joke for that. <laughs> no one dares to talk to the Russians. No yeah. one dares to talk to the Like, you're intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to kill me if I say something. She's usually like the quiet ones, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just like quiet and mighty. Yeah, the small and quiet ones. Yeah, so yeah, the deadly. worst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I even have a joke about it because when I started, I thought everybody was telling each other what to do, and that was like the comment. But then I realized, oh no, it's only male comedians who tell female comedians how and what to do. Yeah, I can't like tell a male comedian right because then why not? I do. No. <laughs> yeah, well, it's yeah. well, another, another Russian Trump card. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can, you can, but only if they're on the same level. I can't tell anyone like higher in yeah. the. But hopefully they but don't they, need it. But do they even know. ask, or they just come up after your set and start giving you suggestions? They come up. I oh, find oh. I find that obnoxious. Who, it doesn't matter who you are, big, yeah. small, male, female, bartender, whoever yeah. you are. <laughs> yeah. I don't, yeah. I don't need you. I no, don't yeah. need you. <laughs> and if you want to say something, ask. Exactly. Do you want yeah. advice or exactly. do you want? A, I mean, a I still do that. You'll see somebody that's clearly very eager, and I go, "Hey, if you're interested, I have some thoughts that you can or can't take." But I'm not going to just put that on somebody. You know what I mean? Like that's this is a very personal thing, and it's your own personal growth. And to just be like, "I know what's best for you," it's like, "Go fuck yourself." Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I do love like to talk about comedy and talk about my comedy and. But I, I, like, and you hear the same stuff all the time. I, and both of us have heard, like, you shouldn't wear that. And that's yeah. not even about when my... They say that. Uh, very slutty things showing yeah. our tits and big earrings no no it was kind of the opposite because I had a joke about like ugly people and it, 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 it for me it was obvious that it like it wasn't about ugly people but uh, anywho uh, and i was talking and i and i had a like cardigan on nothing special and my glasses and someone came up to me like you can't talk about ugly people if you're not wearing something pretty and this is like a 40 year old dude who's wearing like a cardigan from the 70s it's not wow. yeah yeah. That happened. What happened to us? Uh, this manager was talking to us. And oh, God. he said, uh, what did he say? That was so, he, so offensive. He, like, he, he said it. He said it where he, I don't think he didn't realize it until like a day later that it was hurtful. He said, uh, he said, the nice thing about you guys is you're not pretty enough to be intimidating. Yeah. <laughs> and literally me and Maria were like. Okay, you got us our visas, so we will not be saying anything back to you. <laughs> but it was one of those things where he is not incorrect. 
You know what I mean? We're not models. You know what I mean? There's no, like, we're not going to go to a career. There, there's not, like, we decided to choose comedy and humble our beautiful selves. But we're not ugly, and that is not a problem. Like, that is not an issue. There's not somebody being like, I want to be mad, but you know what? Her face. It's not doing it. I feel bad for her. Do you find that women in the audience are, like, less likely to like you or something? Especially if you're done up a little bit. They Sometimes I find that if you look mm-hmm. extra good, they're, they're yeah. just like, who do you yeah. think you are? Yeah, yeah it's not all. If they have boyfriends, then they're less likely to like me. But yeah. if they just girls in a group of girls, actually, I think they like me more. Groups because then they're yeah. 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 empowering. Yeah. 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 yeah, And I also think they, I mean, I think as women continue to, to kind of figure out who they are as people as they get older, they start to be like, I do want to give my opinion more and I should um, support my friends and support other women more. And you start to stop seeing other women as enemies. And so in every situation, whether it's a movie or a show or whatever, you start to see them less as an enemy and more as somebody, if they can do it, I can do something else in my life just as empowering. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it goes both ways, really. But I have noticed when I started <laughs> a lot of... Not anymore. I don't know why. I've gotten less attractive. But when I started, <laughs> a lot of people introduced me as like, now nah, a pretty girl is coming to the stage. Oh, I hate that. And it, then I felt like all the women just, yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And and also the men, it's so much harder to start from there. Cause it starts from a judgment. Yeah, you know what I mean. It starts from a place where like okay, and it's also the stereotype is that you you just like I mean I think it's for both men and women is that you can't be attractive or you can't have have money or you can't have this other lot in life that's good and also be funny. Yeah. It's like you have to literally have something falling off your face. <laughs> you know what I mean? And have come from the ghetto, and then you can be funny. But there's no... And I think everybody knows that, I mean, it comes from, you know, having a horrible life. Yeah. And you can do that being stunning. And it's so douchey <laughs> to be like, please, I know it's the first thing you think about when you see me, but please don't introduce me as pretty. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I had a really I rough know. time. Just, but then I just realized that I can say a lot of stuff that they should say and then they won't fit in pretty. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. And now no one thinks it anyway, so... (laughs) That's that's horrible. Is it on? Is this thing on? It is. And... It's not. (laughs) (laughs) It hasn't been. Let's start from the beginning. Yeah. Reset. It said it's put into four files. I don't know what that means because I'm not a man. So there's no light blinking. There's no light blinking. Um, Good point. It says it's recording here. There's light blinking in the back. Was there always a light blinking before? No, No, it was never blinking. But I just realized that it was never blinking. I was blinking back here. Okay. Uh Everything is blinking back there. (laughs) Alert! 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 That says, find a man to operate me. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> find a penis person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so dating as a comedian. How's that <laughs> in the States? Oh, God. Oh, God. I feel like, um, I think it's a lot harder. I think, well, okay. First of all, when you meet a guy and they find out you're a comedian, it's always really easy for them to be like, oh, I want to come to a show, like in lieu of a first date. Which isn't mm. fair, because it's, like, all judgment on me, and you get to just sit back and relax. And now, just, yeah, now it's an audition. Now it's an audition, and that's not fair, and I learned very quickly not to do that. Yeah. Um, but I, I do feel like being a comedian, like, uh, we talked about this a little bit, right? Yeah, we did, yeah. Yeah, like, 
you were saying how like it's it's hard like they always come to a show and then after it's a little bit weird or like I found that to be the case a lot and I don't think it's because I wasn't funny but it's just like a different I don't know they see you on stage and it's somehow it gets awkward yeah but yeah. I don't know what happens exactly well to me I think even when you're being very much yourself it's still a character because you as a person are constantly growing but your jokes stay a little stagnant so I wrote this joke six months ago, and I'm still doing it, but I'm not who I was six months ago. So you're always kind of an exaggerated version or a bigger version or an old version of yourself. So when you're on this date and you're complaining about a date or you're complaining about something that happened to you or you're joking about something else, they're almost watching this old self thinking that's who you currently are. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And then you're always, it's almost like, you know how Beyonce says she's Sasha, Sasha Fierce on stage? Mm-hmm. That even though she's the same person, she's like a bigger person, she's a bolder person, she'll make choices that she might not make in the real world. I think the same thing happens with comedy. You're just a bigger, bolder version. And so even if I am talking about my insecurities or talking about something that I truly feel, it isn't exactly who I am. And so when somebody sees that version of you, either for the first time or while you're starting to date them, I think they start to merge them or they start to confuse them or you start to believe that that's what that is. Mm. And I think it gets uh, complicated in a way that if you're not a performer, you don't have to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. And I also feel like you share so much when you're on stage. And if it's a first date, you don't know that much about each other. And this... Uh, other <laughs> like this guy came and saw me my last gig actually and I felt like I'm sharing so much right now because these are my jokes and they're right. very personal and I'm talking about like past relationships and I'm talking about yeah my insecurities my, my anxiety it's and I don't know anything about him. So it's like if you took that same set and put it into like a dinner situation, and then yeah. you just spilled all that. Yeah, it would be out the door. Take it easy. Yeah, it would be like I'm gonna go to the bathroom, and then you never see him again. Yeah, but exactly. then then you're gonna sit after the gig and be like, yeah, so that was uh, so. What's yours? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> have you have you ever had a pet? <laughs> <laughs> I found, I, I I have a joke about it, it's like my newest joke, but I found myself, instead of, like, for the while it was like, woe is me, why isn't things working out, and now it's kind of this weird place where I'm like, I have worked so hard to be good at talking, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. I professionally talk for a living, and I find myself sitting down with these dudes that are really like me and are in awe of me and, and want us to be on the same level, and we just aren't. You know what I mean? Like, I have spent my life being an interesting person, or at least trying to find the interesting angle of stuff, and you're a dude that has these other skills, but my most prized possession is being to have a back and forth with somebody, Mm. and I can't with you, and I find myself having a difficult time. I I don't want to date other comedians, because they're just as broken as I am, and I'm tired. (laughs) I'm tired of dealing with myself, so I don't want to deal with another version of myself. So then you try to date a civilian, and they're, they're... aren't fun. (laughs) They're not. And I love, I love being able to talk to other comedians, male or female, and it's not work. It's like, we're just, it's just a flow that you have with other people that professionally talk for a living. And when you have to do the work on a date, it's like, I can do it. I can make us have a good date because I know how to talk to people Mm. that don't know how to talk, but I don't want that in my own life. I want to, I want to relax and enjoy it too. I want to be able to just be myself, Yeah. but I don't always want to be on. And that seems to be the difficult part. Mm. What's your experience been? 
Yeah. Just a <laughs> sigh. <laughs> you, know what you, said? you said everything Liz said, but with one word. <laughs> Shoot me now. Yeah. No, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but since I started stand-up, that's uh, how long I've been single. And that's the longest time I've been single in my whole life. Me too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know, because I, I, I don't know why is that, but I think also because now I have a lot less time, because I do stand-up most of the time yeah. when I'm not working, so I have a lot less time to go out. And then we don't have male groupies, and guys don't talk to you after the show, and I think it's probably intimidating for a guy to see... Uh, girl with a microphone and then what um, you said before it's like you're spilling your guts out on you on a stage so that's not the ideal situation to meet someone so stand up I mean bottom line stand up is not a good place to meet people which is not what I thought before I started with stand up because um, I thought it's a very social hobby but in another way apparently yeah and, and even after female friends. Yeah. 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 yeah and even after the gig like if there is someone who actually found you interesting you are hanging out with a group of men who seems very intimidating to them, so they probably don't come up to you after a gig either. No. That's yeah, yeah, what that's they're true. facing like. And then I found the same thing what Liz said, which is probably going to sound bad and pretentious, but I became more picky in talking to guys because yeah. I also become bored a lot more easily because yeah. I know people who are so funny and smart and I want the same level exactly and it's not so easy to find if Absolutely. you're just talking to a regular person yeah and then when you do find that guy I find myself falling madly in love and just being like a teenager again yeah where yeah. I'm like oh he's so <laughs> yeah, and I was like, and then when, when they're not a comedian and they're funny, I mean, I'm borderline like taking off my shirt. <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh god, how'd you do it? <laughs> I worked so hard to be this funny. <laughs> yeah, and Maria, how do you find it? Well, I'm still single. I've been single forever, so yeah. like, I find it very, very bad. Um, but I yeah. also like in <laughs> I don't know, but in New York, so many more like asked me if I had a boyfriend I think it's more important there to be in a, to be two to be in a couple than it, it is in it Sweden, is in Sweden? Yeah. Really? Why? I don't know I just felt like it was more people were talking about it more and it was more important to all my friends live there and well, it's like you know when like you're hungry and all you can talk about is food yeah, it's like getting into relationships in New York because it's such a big city. There are too many options out there, and nobody's really coupling up, and and so there's that's just like what's on their mind. Maybe. Yeah, but everybody was like internet dating and okay, Cupid yeah. and bloody blah. And I, I think like, universally New York is floundering. Yeah. So so if they see you floundering, they kind of just want you to flounder with them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I think because it's such a I think the more people there are especially in a city where it is go 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 just like our schedules are kind of go 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 it does seem to be the thing that kind of are like are you is it working out for you how'd you do that (laughs) yeah but also the guy but this is this is maybe more of like uh, how much further we have come in like gender equality and stuff but when the first open mic I went to uh, like all the guys were hitting on me like hard but in Sweden that doesn't happen yeah that much but they just assumed that I wanted to fuck them and that's why that's the male that's the male (laughs) ego and that's the comedian ego yeah but not so much in Sweden yeah no 
America sucks. Yeah. Well, Sweden, they, they, they just put their head down and look at their iPhone and hope yeah. that you know. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, maybe she'll come on Tinder. Please. <laughs> <laughs> what is your experience, Maria? You said the, the same thing as the rest of us. Yeah. The dating and... I mean, it's, it is that. It's just like, uh, if I meet somebody online, um, he always wants to come to a show first, and I've said no to that. I just learned to say no to that, because it's always weird after, or, like, you know... Um, it is just an audition for me, and he gets to just sit back and watch a comedy show. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> Play, I want somebody to make an effort, not just come to a comedy show. And then, you know, I don't want to date comedians either because you work with them and you see them around, but those are the people you meet the most. Mm. And, um, and plus, it can get very... I mean, it doesn't happen all the time, but, like, it can get very competitive um, if you're, you're in the same field and you're doing the same things, and then suddenly, like, they're getting things and you're not, or vice versa, and it, it's, you know, not a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Um, and two comedian egos in one relationship yeah, isn't yeah. ideal either. Probably too much. <laughs> and the times, just, I mean, going out late, performing every time, because I work night shifts, right. <laughs> and when I'm not working, I'm doing comedy. So it's like, okay, so you're in, or you work Monday to Friday, you get up at seven o'clock in the morning, I'm like, yeah, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to do that. So we'll meet you whenever. And then it's probably easier for them to come down to a gig, but that's after dating for a while, I guess. Yeah, yeah after dating a while, they don't yeah. want to see you at all. No. <laughs> like, I heard your shit. Yeah. Oh, God, again? Mm. Yeah, but you'll never see them. I mean, we were staying in an Airbnb in London, and the girl we were staying with had a nine-to-five, and, like, we were doing comedy at night. We didn't see her at all. No. Yeah. Like, maybe, like, two hours total of a yeah. month. Yeah, and it was, like, on a weekend, and we were, like, changing clothes and then going right back out. <laughs> right. So it's like, who do we date? Like, doctors? or like, Yeah. Not, not even. I don't know. And then you just have to get injured to hang out with them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Some doctors, please, can a doctor it, call me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, I do comedy. <laughs> do you guys travel much outside of Sweden to do comedy? Because, like, for us, like, we're traveling from different states because it's so accessible. Mm. But, like, you know, while I've been here for a month, I've gone from country to country, which is blowing my mind. But do you guys seem to travel outside of Sweden to do comedy? I feel like Norway is really close. I, I travel a lot. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I tend to go to Ireland uh, three to four times a year because yeah. uh, I've yeah gotten to know people in the comedy stage there. So whenever I head over, I get gigs and I get better and better gigs. Yeah. Still no money, but I get yeah, gigs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like I've built somewhat a base there uh, for me to perform. And... Uh, I am gonna go to Brighton French this year uh, with a solo show. Uh, still a work in progress. Uh, <laughs> it's only in May. There's plenty of time. Uh, <laughs> oh god, yeah. Uh, but I've been to England a few times. I've visited Felicia in New York. I've performed in Oslo twice. You've been places. I've been places. Yeah. You've been all mm-hmm. over. You've seen. Some but is shit. that the oh, yeah. is that the goal? The goal is to travel. Europe and, um, and it must be nice since you know English that opens up some of yeah it definitely does but when I started doing comedy I, I traveled to Ireland already so I figured well comedy has been there for a longer period of time so and just watching that type of comedy just sitting in the audience like I kind of enjoyed this more than I'm sorry American comedy what I thought was American comedy was like the 
white male comedians doing the same, like, my wife is this and that, meh, 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 meh. And then I went to Ireland, and they're very sarcastic, very political. Now I know that there are so many different levels all over the world, but that's that was my first idea of comedy, and I, I preferred that from what I've seen, even at home. I'm like, yeah. oh, they dare to do something different. They dare to be quirky on stage or weird or whatever. Yeah. Um, and now it's mainly because it's so easy to get over there and get gigs yeah i keep on going there and i don't know if i i probably would have moved there for comedy because now i've realized like three and a half years in that it isn't really that different from the swedish stage yeah yeah. there's still nepotism and same headliners in the same clubs and yeah not that many women in they had a comedy festival like two weeks ago and i'm like oh i hope to see a couple of my friends names it's like no no it's the same guys yeah what got you started in (sighs) stand-up all (laughs) the spare time no (laughs) um when i was studying to become a nurse i tried to do as much as possible that didn't cost anything so i went to comedy a few times and yamna had a club back then Um, that you did a gig with last night Uh, so I went there a couple of times and just like oh this is really funny I really enjoyed it they did a tv show uh, the same group of people I saw that and I'm like okay you probably need some kind of education like acting skills or whatever to do stand-up and then a couple of years later I saw them again and I went up to them because I was very very drunk (laughs) I'm like oh so what do you do what what kind of education do you need to have to do stand-up they're like just go Mm -hmm. up there (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, it's okay. literally the most accessible art yeah. Form. yeah. how did you think about it of trying even I don't know did I thought I'm funny I'm funnier than that guy did uh, you have anything written or you just were like I'm going to go up and do it well the first time uh, I entered a competition that was running here like every six months uh, it was a beginner's competition so everyone got three minutes on stage um, it's probably the way most comedians have done it in Sweden it. yeah, yeah. Almost everyone started yeah. their comp- yeah, except for me. Yeah, so you get three minutes on stage, and um, yeah, you just do your thing, and I think, was there a jury? Yeah, there was a jury who decided who got on uh, mm-hmm. to the finals and all that, but it was more like, okay, after I'd been up there the first time, I'm like, okay, this is something I want to do. In the beginning, it was because I was so nervous. I'm like, I don't want anything to be this frightening. Yeah. So I want to get up there again until it's like not that. scary anymore. Just conquering your fears. Yeah. And then when when I realized I'm not as nervous anymore, I don't feel like I'm going to die going up there. I just realized I loved it. I still so feel like I'm going to die. Every time. Sometimes. Really? Oh, yeah. Every time. I'm just always like, if it's a new room, if I'm not used to performing, which like the shows I've been doing for the past month they've all been new so every time it's like this feeling in my gut like I feel like they're just gonna like like it's like I feel like I'm walking the plank or something I'm not like my life will survive after the show maybe who knows like maybe they'll (laughs) they'll kill me I don't know hopefully what got you started in the stand-up I don't know psychosis Um, yeah that's not right yeah no but like almost I I had had the worst job ever and I just wanted a new life and I always wanted to to act and uh, like go to an acting school and that sort of thing but I never dared to and then I felt I had I had this deep depression and I came up from it for like a week so I 
got online on my boring job and I uh, like bought one class in improv and one stand-up class and I didn't get into the stand-up class and I was like what this was the thing that I was supposed to do I just found it and I was like <laughs> I, was the, I was supposed to be a comedian and I called them and I was like is there any way that I could be in this class and she was like I just had uh, like someone who dropped off and you're not first on the list but since like you're so eager <laughs> I'm gonna let you in Aww. and uh, I did the class I, I knew nothing about stand up like nothing and I took the class and I got a gig like the week after and I just felt like this is the thing. Yeah. This is it. This is what I'm supposed to do. So, and then I got fired from my boring job and my boyfriend broke up with me and oh, then just stand- lining you up for stand up. Yeah. <laughs> stand up was like that the only thing. Singing. Yeah, that kept me up during like during yeah. all that. So, great. It's the love of my life. <laughs> stand up I, I I will never leave it <laughs> yeah a very healthy relationship yeah. <laughs> it sounds so cheesy cool, when you say it <laughs> no but it is the love yeah. of everyone's yeah. life it is yeah I have such a hard time when people say like I just want to do it for fun I don't want to have it as a career you don't deserve stand up <laughs> no but I feel like that's not true because no one can feel that way I, I don't, I don't, I, like, what motivates you to go up on stage if you don't want, I, I don't, don't think it can be good if you're not passionate about it. To be good yeah. at anything, you need to I be think, passionate about it. I also think it's too hard to not want it, everything about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's just, it's too hard to just be like, you know, it's cool. Like, yeah. I'll have my nine to five job and do this. Yeah. On the side. Yeah, I think. Oh, God, I'd love to quit my job. I love yeah. my job. But I'd love to quit it for stand-up. It's yeah. like everyone says, like, working as a midwife, it's a calling. Or working in healthcare, it's You're a like, calling. Saving baby. Men. <laughs> Fuck that baby. Fuck that baby. No, but I, I feel more like, okay, midwifery to me is a job. Stand-up is my calling. Yeah. It's what I love to do. Um, so I never even watched comedy. And then a friend of mine, she took a course in stand-up. And then she invited me to performance at the end of the class. So that was the first time that somebody I knew was on the stage. And I was like, okay, so regular people can do comedy as well. Um, but then I didn't do anything with this information until a year later when me and my boyfriend broke up. And then I, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I should try something new. And then I tried to search for courses, but all of them were in Swedish and my Swedish is crap. So I just decided I'm going to go out and do it. So I went to Big Ben, and for some reason I was so confident it's going to work out, because he wanted to give me three minutes, but I insisted on having six. Mm. And he thought I was absolutely crazy, like, have you done anything like this before? I'm like, no. Why do you think you can do it? I'm like, because it will be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so I invited, like, 15 friends to the first performance, and the funny part, actually, that the first performance was really fun, and it was really good. So after that, I decided that I have talent, and of course, I started bombing like crazy for yeah. the next like <laughs> four months. That's always how it happens. <laughs> but uh, that's how it started, and that's how I also fell in love with stand-up. How long have you been doing stand-up? Uh, Thirteen years this month. Wow, this years. month. Yeah, it's my little. Do you know how many gigs you've done? 
I counted them, literally every single one I wrote it down uh, up until about a year and a half ago. Okay. And it just actually became, and I would, like, I, the details got more and more. So it used to be the number, like, what number it was, the date, the location, if I taped it or not, audio, video. Mm. Um, uh, if I, in, I started about five years ago, if I implemented a new joke, because I wasn't writing as much, because I was, I started when I was in high school, and I was doing it in college, but I was so overwhelmed by college that I was doing a lot of gigs, but I wasn't, um, I wasn't putting new jokes in mm. and so a friend of mine that was had been doing it longer kind of I'm glad he said something but to me it felt I was very defensive and I was like yeah I'm writing and starting to realize that I wasn't so then I started putting it on myself that I had to implement at least three new jokes a month at mm. least even if they don't stick I need to be constantly experimenting so that became something I kept track of but then I mean I probably was up to almost about 3,000 shows when I stopped counting um, and sometimes I regret it, but for the most part, I mean, I think it was a little bit of like a, a like a blanket. Mm. Like it was one of those things that was like, I'm a comedian. Look at all these shows I've done. And yeah. now it's kind of like, you're fine. Just let it go. It was something that you did that was helpful. Now it's kind of implemented. Um, it's kind of, um, if anything, it was like a, 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 it's almost like when you train as an athlete and you do all these series of exercises that you are have to do to get prepared, and then eventually you don't have to do all of them. You just know that if you get sore, you should do these. If you haven't done it in a while, you should do these exercises. It's the same kind of thing. So it kind of was like a discipline in the beginning, and now I just know what I'm supposed to do to yeah. be better and be on task. Hmm. That's cool. Do you remember like the best gig you've ever done? I wouldn't say I remember the best gig I've ever done. I will say I remember my proudest moment. Yeah. And it's not even one of those things like I was on TV and da 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 because I've, I've done TV stuff and, and I was very proud and it was definitely um, important. But uh, I remember like probably like six years in. Do you know who G- Jim Gaffigan is? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I remember Jim Gaffigan when he was just like on Comedy Central and he was just one of the other comics and now, you know, he's huge. But I was about six years in. I was uh, I had been passed and was getting like paid spots during the week on um, at this club called Gotham Comedy Club, and it was like a star-studded, packed show. Like I mean, it was like Jim Gaffigan and like some of the heavy hitters of New York City. I think Bill Burr was on the show. It was like a really great show, and I'd been doing it six years, and I was doing all right. But you know, you're still like I'm still crazy younger than everybody mm-hmm. else, and I'm the only girl on the show, and I'm the only person. I think I might have been on TV at that point, but I might have not. And um, I had to follow Jim Gaffigan, who was just starting to blow up and crushed it. And I had to follow him, and I was so nervous. And I ended up doing, like, probably, like, the best on the show. And I remember a couple of comics coming up to me being like, you held your own. Like, that was your, you did 15 minutes, and that was all you, and uniquely you, and you just held your own. And it being just one of those moments where I was like, I have something. I don't know what it is, but I have something, mm-hmm. and it's uniquely my own, and I can carry myself, and I can follow one of the best guys in the city right now, and, and not even just, like, ride his wave, but make my own space mm-hmm. that is solely mine. Cool. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah. All right, Maria. When did you start doing comedy? Uh, ten years ago. Ten years ago. I worked at a comedy club for about two and a half years. And I just surrounded myself with comedy, and I always loved stand-up. And um, I was going to be an agent because I was too afraid to get up on stage, and I would go to open mics for like a year and a half before some one of my friends signed me up. And then, um, but I was writing, and, and and I wanted to do it, but I was like, "There's no way! I'm so shy! I can never do it!" And then, um, it's amazing what alcohol will get you to do. So yeah. like, <laughs> I went up and um, I did it, and then I was just like, "Yeah, I'm going to keep doing this." Um, because I conquered a fear. I was really excited. It was one of my biggest fears, public speaking. Yeah. still is. And, uh, and then I moved to New York. 
and just started doing stand-up a shitload there and uh, met Liz, my best friend. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and, and yeah, so I haven't really stopped. I'm, I'm, I was in New York for four years. I've been in L.A. for six. And that kind of, like, is why I wanted to... Um, I had a podcast called Little Ethnic Girls I did with, um, with uh, com- this comedian named Helen Hong. And we, it's almost comical how many noises <laughs> are coming out of there. Many distractions. But um, but we, you know, we talk a lot about like about being female, female comedians and about being ethnic. She's Korean, I'm Egyptian. Um, but you know, we would talk to people on the show all the time, whether they are ethnic or not, just about like, uh, you know, like what, like what did what did your parents think about you doing comedy? Like what, like um, you know, just and talk to people about their experiences as comedians, as creative types. Um, and what I know is is that. Stand-up comedy is kind of a new art form around the world. Mm. Like, I mean, not so much, like, in London. I don't know how long ago Sweden caught the bug, but uh, how long ago did comedy kind of start I think comedy came here, like, the first time 20, 25 years ago or something. back in the 80s. But that was, like, the same group of maybe five people forming everywhere because there wasn't really that many people who were in. Yeah into doing comedy and they kind of like "Ah, this is our thing you can go do your own thing but then it hit like maybe five years ago or something when it a lot of more people started doing it or the open mic club started there was an open mic club that started like 10 years ago that got more and more people in but i think the last three or four years it really exploded yeah and especially uh, more women have started. When I started, it was so few. Right. Even when I started. Yeah. And they all, like, they were friends with each other, and I, I didn't fit in. So when, when Tria started, I was like, you're mine. Another. We're finding this click. When I started, you were friends, and I was like, hello. Fuck you. I found her. No, but... It was so few women. So I, I was always like the, the, the we need a girl when I started. Yeah. So I got so many gigs just because I because was of that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I always yeah, that's like I always feel like we kind of have it easy in that respect. It's just like yeah. oh, we need a girl for the lineup. But at the same time, um, I found it kind of difficult. Like especially in the UK but not so much in the states but like I just felt like they didn't like they heard I was American like they heard they could tell I'm American and I'm female and it was almost like I wasn't even given a chance to be funny it was just like they'd already decided what they wanted to decide I mean not that I've done horrible I've done I've had great shows in the UK but some shows were just really difficult and it felt like there was nothing I could have said prior just like they were just no (laughs) not listening to you at all and that was the first time I really felt like being a female has hurt me at all because I think in the states I always said well if you're funny you're funny it doesn't really I don't know what everybody's complaining about. And then I realized, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, no, it sucks to, like, be prejudged like that. And, like, maybe I'm just ignorant in the uh, in the States. Holy shit, this coffee is so good. Um, but, Super cold. But as far as Busted goes, like, I just wanted to talk to, I just, I was traveling anyway. And I thought it would be really great to talk to other female comedians and find out their experiences and their stories and their dating lives and all that. Um, and since stand-up is such a new art form in a lot of places, like, maybe not so much London and Stockholm, but... You know, in the Middle East, just in the past five years alone, like, stand-ups um, gotten any kind of traction. And that's because of YouTube and, like, Access of Evil. And mm. um, uh, So, and I would love to I would love to just talk to female comedians around the world and get their stories and kind of connect us all, you know. So that's, that's basically it. It was just a simple need to connect. Yeah. 
that's been that's been a problem in Sweden when when people are gonna give reviews to shows, especially like when you not in Stockholm because no one cares about Stockholm shows. <laughs> but but like if you go north, like Gävle or whatever, uh, Sundsvall, people like compare you to like it's not like Louis C.K. Yeah, and of course it's not because you're in a shitty bar in right. north of Sweden. Of course it's not going to be Louis C.K. because no one's been doing comedy here for like 150 years. That's not <laughs> like our culture. You have to judge it from right. what what it is, and that's been because yeah. Well, it's funny that comedy almost seems like it's been around as long as Louis C.K. has been doing it. So yeah, he's probably been doing it 25, 30 years, and if it's only been in your country for 25, 30 years, it's like there's no, there, there wasn't even a base. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. But I, I mean, I think that's comedy is all about perspective. So if you think of it that way, you have your Swedish perspective, you have your female perspective, you have your age group perspective, you have how you were raised perspective, you have your subculture of where, you know, and all that kind of comes together and displays what you're going to be. But you don't want a whole bunch of Louis CKs. You want somebody that's has this unique perspective in this area and has, I always, I, I love Instagram. So I see things as filters, you know what I mean? So you have all your experiences that become a bunch of different filters that make a different picture or makes this picture look different. But Louis C.K. is somebody that's just an expert, and you want somebody to be an expert with a different yeah. perspective. Yeah. All right. Awesome. And uh, we are very happy to have you here in Sweden. And we Where's are going to prepare ourselves for the show tonight. We're excited. It's going to be a great show. Yes. And um, thank you for... for uh, if yeah, you're not here tonight, uh, fuck you. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, we sorry you oh, couldn't God. make it and that your grandma was very, very ill. Um, <laughs> she's going to enjoy the other side. Because um, there's a party there. No, but thank you everyone for being a part of this very, very messy and sometimes very noisy um, background-wise uh, podcast episode. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, have a good show tonight. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. You too. Thanks you for too. Having us. Yeah.